0: I was just talking to my kids about like stuff we did in the '90s, like especially over snow this this weekend. And I'm like, "All right, <laughs> you kids ever seen snow? <laughs> Barely in the last two Barely. years, Jesus Christ." Yeah. Um, but I was like, you know, what's best for a snowstorm. It's uh, grilled cheese and tomato soup, for like for lunch, and they're like, like no. And I was like, "All right, that that are SpaghettiOs," and they're like, "What are SpaghettiOs?" Because like. My kids oh, do not eat pasta shit. at all, of any kind. I'm like, wow. it is the best thing ever when you're... That's like the ultimate kid food. It's... I remember, like, get, coming in from, like, snow days. I mean, just every day, but, like, snow days <laughs> oh, in particular, yeah. like, in the Ninja Turtles SpaghettiOs I was fucking wolfing <laughs> down. I ate a whole goddamn yeah. can of those every time like, i came come in from the snow. Oh, there
1: were heroes in a half shell. I mean, what could you, nope. what could you heroes say? Heroes in a half shell. Turtle power. Yeah, so uh, I got everything uh, set up. You, you ready to roll? I got my notes. All right. Well, let's bring her in.
0: Greetings, listeners. Does this sound like you? You don't know what to watch next. Mindlessly scrolling down one streaming service, then another, then another, and another only to end up watching the same episodes of The Office you've seen a thousand times? Not to worry, we here at the half Ass Podcast Network got you covered. Because we here, we also know what the fuck we're watching next. Our next movie is always a mystery, always unknown, it's always To Be Determined. That's right, we let To Be Determine what we watch next, and you should too. Support your beverages, pop your popcorn, and come along on a journey with us where our destinations are always To Be Determined. Welcome back to another episode of To Be Determined, everyone. I am your host, the J-Man, and I am sipping on nothing tonight. I am clean and sober for the first time doing podcast in God knows how long. And as as with me, as always, is my trusty sidekick here. Drinks of Ron, and I'm sure Ron is not sober on this voyage.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, this is actually, uh, I've got a cola in here with some uh, shaved ice. I am super, super high. And, uh, super high. Multiple bone hits.
0: Again, not sober. Me, sober. <laughs> <laughs> but we are here to do some more to be determining. Uh, not sure what we're going to watch next. We let to be determine what we watch next. And uh, I'm kind of glad going into this movie of what I received as my next movie. Uh, again, I'm kind of. Kind of taking aback how well they know me so far right now, because I'm getting a little bit too many choices that I've seen uh, already. But uh, on my next Wheel of Unfortune, which we have coming up later, I got a lot of movies that I've not seen or even heard of. So yeah. I'm finally getting into that um, realm, hopefully, because it's kind of the whole point of this podcast, too, is kind of watch something I would never watch myself. <laughs> because... I get tired of watching the same old things, right? That's what the whole point of this whole podcast is. We get tired of watching the same things. Let's mix it up a little bit. But right. and the I last will sit two there, episodes,
1: search for an hour and twenty minutes, and then finally, like, I could have watched the first fucking thing if I just clicked it and settled on it. It'd be over. Yeah. But no, sometimes scrolling's more fun. But but you know, to be yeah, they'll 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 pitch some stuff to you. I uh, I wasn't wasn't too angry about the the wheel I currently have set up. So. Yeah, I'm looking looking forward to the spin when we get done tonight
0: uh since we had our last guest uh joe vegas um it's just us two sailing the ship today but we will have a guest next time uh trying to mix it up a little bit here um but uh i went first last time ron with mine uh ron you want to go first this time with your pick
1: oh well, why not let's uh Yeah, when when we spun it last time, I wasn't exactly sure what it was, because I literally just go down this suggested list and send you the first ones I find. Um, So this one was called Forbidden Planet. It is a 1956 sci-fi adventure. Uh, A crew is on a mission to the distant Forbidden Planet. Uh, discovers that there are two survivors of a spaceship that crashed two decades prior.
2: as one of the crew of this faster-than-light spaceship of the future, sharing their curiosity to know the unknown, their tension, their readiness for inconceivable adventures. Sir, we're being radar scanned. United Planets Cruiser C-57D, J.J. Adams commanding. Who are you? Morbius of the Bellerophon. Dr. Morbius, my orders are to survey the situation on Altair IV. Commander, if you sat down on this planet, I warn you that I cannot be answerable for the safety of your ship or your crew. When you reach the Forbidden Planet, you will meet Dr. Morbius, played by Walter Pigeon. The doctor is sole owner of this fabulous world. Anne Francis is his alluring daughter, Alta, who has never seen a young man till she meets Commander Adams, played by talented Leslie Nielsen.
0: Come on in. Didn't
2: bring my bathing suit.
0: What's a bathing suit?
2: Oh, murder. You will meet a charming character in The Robot, able to produce, on order, 10 tons of lead or a slinky evening gown. Always at your service. It must be the loveliest, softest thing you've ever made for me. And fit in all the right places, with lots and lots of star sapphires. Star sapphires take a week to crystallize properly. would diamonds or emeralds, too. You explore all the wonders of a vanished civilization. You travel deep down into the heart of the forbidden planet to discover the incredible marvels of this lost genius race. These magnificent scenes in striking Eastman color stagger the imagination. 20 miles. Look down, gentlemen, are you afraid? 7,800 levels. Yet the wonders of the planet Altair IV conceal a strange and evil force, unknown, irresistible.
1: right to it all right we are going back to the 50s for this bit of sci-fi uh the first thing that i noticed is that the color totally pops on this it must have looked amazing in 1956 and the sci-fi sounds chef's kiss like they're just cheesy enough that i i love the sounds on this and it was shot in cinemascope holy shit so we got that going for us right out of the gate all right all right this is a disney jam so this is making a little more sense now holy shit did that just say leslie nielsen i'm even i am even more on board for this shit now um oh hot damn robbie the robot he gets some shine in the opening title sequence i love when they build a shitty prop like it's an actor like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, like, yes. yeah, like he's going to get other gigs based on this, like introducing this is his first role. So I'm and now only. worried.
0: yeah <laughs> And <laughs> <Right>. only. <laughs>
1: so I'm now worried that maybe I was a little bit too excited coming in. And this might be a letdown. Uh, all right. We start exposition. Voice comes in. According to him in this timeline, we don't land on the moon until the 90s. So uh, they have us 30 years behind on that technology. But they also say men and women landed on the moon. So they're decades ahead of us in equality in this timeline. So uh, (laughs) apparently in 2200, we've gained the ability to travel at the speed of light. And clearly the very first item of business is colonize the galaxy. Because, I mean, it's just what the galaxy needs is more fucking humans. We're a terrific species when you get right down to it whoa shit Leslie Nielsen looks different I had to hear that deep rich voice to be sure that it was him but uh once you hear that voice then you know because in the 50s they all look like generic fucking white guys so he right like all right who's who and that uh that that comes that comes into play later um yeah this must have been fucking amazing in the mid 50s oh shit uh the guy that they've come to look for on this planet has forbidden them from landing so I guess that makes this a forbidden planet.
2: Ah, ah, he said it! He said it! <laughs> but
1: uh-huh. uh, Captain Leslie Nielsen is undeterred, and he orders a landing anyway, which begins the sequence of him giving orders and his lackey repeating them back. And man, there is not enough of that in movies anymore. Lower thrusters. Lowering thrusters.
0: Uh,
1: disengage coil. Disengaging coil wave the anchor wing the
0: anchor i mean great classic my favorite Uh, bit with that is from Spaceballs.
1: yeah and this one it's so early that it's not even uh they're not even doing it ironically so it's it's right in that sweet window so uh let's see we also get our stereotypical 1950s army cook who of course they refer to as cookie because 200 yeah. yeah 250 years in the future we weren't able to improve on that shitty nickname for a cook But apparently he is also our comic relief, however, he is not very smart. Oh shit, here comes the robot. This must be Robbie, because I don't see any other robots. Absolutely on the money representation of a 50s sci-fi robot. Lights, blinking, movements, things swirling, chef's kiss. Uh, Apparently he's basically magic. He can synthesize anything at a molecular level. He's just gotta get a sample. I love when robots and computers were treated like they were basically magic able to do anything that's <laughs> right a great time and movie oh I have mean, the computer do it just just say
0: to be fair man what, what computers can do it's magic <laughs> we're, especially we're in the 50s this. jesus christ yeah
1: we're getting there <laughs> so uh they land professor exposition here uh tells us how every other person has been destroyed by a mysterious force over the last 19 years oh shit here comes a space lady Professor Exposition apparently had a daughter that he was not mentioning, and these goddamn horny space guys instantly start hitting on her. Oh shit, horny space guy comes in and starts cock-blocking the captain. I shit you not, he insinuates that if he gets her alone, there will be fucking, with or without consent. He tells her that he's done this all over the galaxy, and there are tons of stories about it. Of course the doc
2: can be trusted too, in the daytime. What about the commander? Well, I hate to tell you this, Alta, but uh, that man is notorious throughout seven planetary systems. Dear. What does he do? Well, I, I don't feel free to discuss the shortcomings of a fellow officer, but any girl or woman who lets him get her alone, anywhere...
1: He essentially just told her that the captain is a giant rapist. The fucking gloves are off. So, oh, oh, shit. All right. Apparently the hot space chick has a a boatload of animal friends, and they're all Earth animals like deer and tiger. They didn't even put a fake antenna on them and make them look like they're alien animals. But but yeah, that's all right. So, oh, shit. Our goofy space cook is taking the robot out behind some rocks to proposition him. Uh, This goofy prick is a drunk and wants the robot to make him bourbon. So, Ooh. the the robot drinks the last sip of bourbon, which makes our alcoholic panic, but don't worry, because he's basically magic and he can synthesize anything with the sample, and he says, is 60
0: gallons enough? God Holy damn. shit.
1: <laughs> 60 gallons. Can we uh, get so- this
0: technology? That's all I need. Just- <laughs> I'm telling you, magic.
1: He takes his little sip out of a little glass bottle and, oh, that's the last I got, and says, 60 gallons enough? Like... Holy shit. But of course, it's 1950s futures, so they're still in little glass bottles. It wasn't. Uh, so, yeah, he's going to make him 60 gallons of Brown Party liquor, and the planet is about to be overrun with drunk, horny space dudes. Uh, so now our horny space guy, I think his name's Jerry, that uh, cock-blocked Leslie Nielsen earlier, he's talked the space chick into going off into another location so he can teach her how to make out. What the fuck, Disney? Oh, shit. In the middle of making out he gets busted by the captain who comes in and says are you giving her the treatment are you giving me the treatment when are you the, whoa the, the treatment uh I'm, I'm stealing that i'm gonna start saying that from now on <laughs> uh, so the captain then returns the cock blocking favor and tells the space chick to go home and put on some clothes she can't be walking around like that in front of a space wolf like him you
2: see you can't run around like that in front of men particularly not a space wolf like farmer So for Pete's sake, go home and put on something that'll, uh, anything.
1: And essentially tells her that all these men have been in space, with no ladies for years, and basically says, they'll all rape her if they get the chance.
2: It so happens that I'm in command of 18 competitively selected super perfect physical specimens with an average age of 24.6, who have been locked up in hyperspace for 378 days! It would have served you right if I had
1: not And he... What the fuck is going on in this movie? is this Disney? Yes. Like, put on some clothes. These men have been in space and they haven't been around a woman. If they get their hands on... It's like, holy shit, Disney. Like, all right. Uh, So she goes home and she's going to have the robot make her some clothes that cover all of the goods. But the robot's late getting there because he was giving himself an oil job? Hubba hubba? Hey. I don't, yeah, okay, so anyway. Oh shit, Space Monkey enters and tries to steal space fruit, but the shitty space robot zaps the monkey off the table with a laser. Ah, excuse me, space laser. Laser! (laughs) So the captain meets the space virgin again, and he says he likes her, and she replies, Well, why don't you kiss me like everyone else does? Everyone? (gasps) Everyone? We saw her and Jerry, but she's apparently been making the rounds with the whole crew. This chick is getting after it. So the space tiger appears and jumps for the cock block. He pounces at Leslie Nielsen and Enrico Palazzo laser blasts him into oblivion. Space exposition uh, late from Professor Exposition, apparently those weren't space animals. They were brought here from Earth by an advanced space race that disappeared one night a half million years ago. They also left behind all their technology that apparently still works after a half million years. So, that's convenient. Uh, Professor Exposition keeps talking. Apparently the reason that he had forbidden them to land is the reason all the other survivors of the crash died, possibly even the disappearance of this amazing hyper-intelligent race. It's all due to strange forces, quote, that he and his daughter are apparently immune to, which is just convenient as fuck. Okay, strange forces, but they just don't kill you two. Gotcha. All right. Um, so this unseen force, which is apparently invisible, walks through the sand, leaving giant, giant footprints, then goes up the stairs to the spaceship, is so heavy the stairs bend with each invisible step, goes in and murders a crew member. So their super 1950s CSI efforts, the dock makes a plaster cast of the giant foot in the sand, which now begs the question, how did this giant creature walk through an entire group without touching one of them? And then how did he fit in the tiny door of this goddamn spaceship? And then with his size and weight, literally bend the metal? And then after the crew member's death scream, this giant creature got back out of the tiny entrance of the ship? The same entrance everyone just ran to after they heard the screams? I will suspend disbelief because we're over an hour in. And this is the first non-exposition action we've fucking gotten. So... Frank Drebin asks the charming alcoholic, Cookie, who was missing during this attack, uh, where he was. Apparently, he was passed out behind some rocks. Oh, well, at least he didn't rape anyone, so no need for discipline. So, Captain asks Doc about the remains of the murdered crew member, to which he replies that he is all over the instruments. So, essentially, this giant creature walked in and fucking stomped this dude into oblivion and splattered him all over the inside of the spaceship. So shit is getting real. Um, I already feel like I've wasted too much time writing this, so I'm going to fast forward from here. Jerry tells the captain that the space version, uh, space virgin, she's chosen the right man. Oh, how cute! He doesn't apologize for calling him a giant rapist, but since the captain returned the favor, we must be even, right? So, they put up a giant electric space fence, which is supposed to stop the invisible creature, but all it does is alert them that the creature is trying to get through the fence, so now we're on high alert. They're waiting for the creature to come back another time, and what do you know it does? The fence seems to stop it so that they can focus all of their shitty, shitty firepower on this creature, which they do. So, when the invisible creature is hit with the shitty shitty ray guns, we can actually see the creature, which now looks to be some form of electricity. But like I said, the fence is keeping it back, so as long as these guys just stay a safe distance away from the monster, they'll be fine. Never mind. first guy walks up to the fucking monster while he's firing. Why did you get close enough to be within its fucking reach so this moron is dead? Well, that should at least stop future morons uh, from trying to get closer. Ah, uh, never mind. Idiot number two gets closer and is instantly murdered. But don't worry, it's not like this is one of our established characters, so no big loss. Oh, wait. Super horny space, uh, super horny space Jerry just got a little too close to the monster as well. I can only assume it's because he was trying to fuck it. Anyway, Jerry's dead. So all these 50s white guys are so nondescript, I didn't actually realize it was Horny Jerry that was murdered until way later in the movie. Oh, it's a high-speed burn through this shit heap. Uh, now it's time for a high-speed dismount. We get even more convoluted exposition from the professor, there's a machine that apparently tests your mental ability, but, w- but if you push another button, it zaps you with something that makes you way smarter. But it'll also kill you. what the fuck? The professor apparently did this, so now he's super smart and somehow he also didn't die because, of course, he's conveniently fucking immune to it. So, Captain Leslie Nielsen, who did not get zapped with the super smart space laser, laser, figures everything out because Doc did get zapped by it and now he knows what's happening because he's super smart but he's also about to die. So Frank Drevin has to explain it to the confounded professor that you see this monster is actually powered by the futuristic machines that uh, no one understands how they work that were left from the uh, space race that is now extinct. But that's not all he somehow also figures out that the monster is generated by subconscious fears. Not just anyone's fears, but the Professor's. That's right, this is his id. The Professor is the cause of the monster that killed everyone. Holy shit, what a twist. The monster comes back. Captain Professor and Space Virgin all run away from it, seal themselves behind doors which the monster melts one by one, Captain tells the professor that he needs to accept that he is the cause of the monster and do something about it. Professor cannot come to grips with it, so they all stand there, while the monster slowly, and I do mean fucking slowly, melts the final door to gain access. Once the monster finally comes through the door, and they're actually uh, about to be certainly dead, the professor finally decides to do something and pushes a button or some bullshit. I don't even know what he did. The monster now is apparently taken care of. Why we had to wait till he was, uh, within the reach of killing them all, I'm not sure. But, uh, the professor, laying on the ground, on the verge of death, gives captain instructions to press a few buttons, and he blindly does it. Uh, so then we find out, the professor tells him that was actually a planetary self-destruct button, and they all need to get the fuck out of here a hundred thousand space miles away before the planet blows. Speaking of blows, this fucking movie blows, and I am out. So, uh... Let's get right to the rating, huh? Uh, so the, the, the quality, the special effects, the sounds, they give me a warm sense of well-being. Uh, Must have looked great 70, 80 years ago, whatever the fuck it was. But it's a piece of garbage, and this is a small... Small, small popcorn! But it's not even full. It is a super, super small popcorn half full. That's, uh, that's where we're going with that one.
0: Sounds like a very terrible version of what's already considered a terrible movie, Sphere, where like uh, they go to the underwater se- system and then all this scary stuff happens. But then you find out that the Sphere uses your uh, your own dreams and like nightmares against you. Like if you're afraid of you know jellyfish, jellyfish will attack you. If you're j- if you're afraid of squid, squid the squid will attack you but yeah if yeah. you just stop manifesting it it goes away but then yeah, yeah. but i yeah. don't know
1: great <laughs> this weird electricity space monster is apparently the precursor of the stay puffed marshmallow man because that's exactly uh, what they're saying you are the cause with your fears it's yeah it was it's like oh my god every fucking thing that happened was just like oh Cause we're immune. Like, well, that's fucking convenient. You guys are immune to everything, but just the two of you. So, yeah, I I enjoyed watching it from the special effects end, and uh, Leslie Nielsen was great to see. But just all the super implied rape, rapiness was really
0: weird. <laughs> was, yeah, was... like the fact that it's a, I was looking up a PG movie with rape, really just. Prominent being talked about and then just shred up murdering people when there's an invisible monster like now. I know PG-13 and like our rating especially I don't even know if our ratings were around in the 50s. I was I gonna believe. say I
1: don't even think the rating system was around that was probably uh, Applied retroactively because I yeah. I don't know if they had anything like that back in 56 but it yeah literally he's like hey don't don't let the uh, captain get you alone cuz there's stories all over the galaxy he gets you alone and things are happening whether you want them or not and it was like what the fuck like uh, rapey mcraperson just i was i was taken aback i uh, enjoyed it a little bit i will not watch it ever again
0: <laughs> well doesn't nice. sound nearly as bad Still as 14 Minutes, Joe's movie that he did. but uh, That was terrible. Yeah, that was worse. <laughs> I don't know. That was worse. It's, I've seen both. Like those are two, there's, there's two in the running for worst movies you've done so far. Yeah, I'll uh, give that to what's Joe. In, what's not in the running is the movie I did. Because my movie that I did is a classic from my youth. Uh, early, I'd say early teens that it was a really popular with me, even though it came out in 1996, and I am talking, of course, about the 1996 slapstick comedy, Biodome. Five scientists face the most perplexing, terrifying, annoying problem they've ever encountered. Two slackers sealed inside their biosphere. The Biodome, a pure self-contained environment
2: where five scientists are about to be sealed off from every conceivable form of contamination except one. Oh, uh, well, check out that mall, man. Our dream is finally at hand. What kind of mall is this? Get out of here! The doors are sealed for one year. We're stuck here. That's right. Twelve months.
0: Yes. Fifty-two weeks. Yes. Three hundred and eighty-five
2: days. Now, the whole world is watching as Bud and Doyle are separated from their loved ones. Learn about endangered species. They're the rarest lepidoptera in the world. Experience nature. First hand, and become world renowned protectors of the planet.
1: Purple Sticky Punch, or hemp, is an excellent source of photos and instances.
2: Just because we're stuck in a bubble doesn't mean we can't cause any trouble.
1: On three! Three! Oh!
2: and Stephen Baldwin
0: Trick or treat.
2: are doing whatever it takes I feel like a duck-billed platypus <laughs> to put the mental <laughs> back in environmental
0: Well, can you at least make it
2: taste like chicken? Otherwise, I'm gonna shrivel up like a supermodel.
0: <gasps> I am so fat. No, Nobody likes me. Beautiful. People didn't like me in high school. <laughs> dome I man Iron man does whatever and I hold it that's spider-man come on what do you think you're some rocket scientist yes sorry if you guys aren't aware of this movie I don't know I'm guessing we have some of the dozens of listeners that are following along here I'm gonna go with a dozen of the dozens of listeners <laughs> if not more have seen this movie but if you're not familiar with this movie it is off the beaten path. It does not have one of the famous... I mean, yes, they're all famous Baldwin brothers, but not the famous Baldwin brother. <laughs> uh, it's basically a... a movie done in 1996 that could be done in 2023 about saving the planet. A little ahead of its time, uh, talking about all recycling, uh, you know, carbon footprint, yeah. smokestacks... It's all that's how the movie starts off is like War Planet's destroying, global warming's happening, Damn, and man. that's when the biosphere I, was happening, so it was totally topical. Right. So like the beginning pretty much starts with a ninety minute global it's like a ninety minute global warming, love the earth commercial. It's twenty twenty three and the world's still spinning. Global warming, my ass, am I right? Like oh, clearly amazing. they got this wrong. Um <laughs> but I gotta, I, I gotta talk about like the actual real beginning of the movie, where they're, like, they're doing the intro credits. The last couple of movies I've done have been '80s, so it's like kind of like retro and like you know. Or actually, I did the mask before. I did the '80s, the two eighty movies, but a lot of retro and like you know, um, got that jazzy feel and nice like hip hop feel, and, like real upbeat. This kind of had an old school vibe to it, but with a punk band music playing, and it had like random ad clips of scenes and random like signs and posters. It felt like an ass strip. I've never been on an ass strip, but, but that's probably <laughs> what it felt like. I'm sure that's what it does feel like. Um, but I, I, I never re- and
1: let you know. Yeah,
0: I never realized that's what it like if, would feel like after doing drugs for the first time uh I can definitely see why like if it was acid I can definitely uh get behind that um the actual very first opening scene of course it shows the biodome and like that but then you get introduced to the two characters of Bud and Doyle and <laughs> uh Doyle hits Bud or Bud hits Doyle over the head with a book and they're all trying to go, Their two girlfriends are trying to go to this save the earth um you Rally, but it's like no, they weren't. They're trying to bail on it. But Paulie Shore gets up on the couch. He's like, he's up on the couch, saying, "Free the mahi mahi, free the mahi mahi, if you will." Still fucking funny to this day. I laughed hysterically at that because that's something I will always remember about this movie. And like that was his excuse. He's up there trying to free the mahi mahi, then falls and hits the book. But of course, then they realize it's she hit him with the book and tried to you know cop out of it. So. Basically, you are established with these two characters already. They're stoner losers who don't want to think of anything but uh, but themselves. They have two very environmentally friendly girlfriends who are trying to save this world, to save this planet. Here's your conflict right here. Two deadbeat boyfriends, two perfect, what seem to be perfect girlfriends who want their boyfriends to be more like them. Could they be the hero coming up? Who knows? Um, They also have a great line that I've always used from this movie. Coming up uh, when they're talking about, oh, we're at this, we're at this uh, party or we're at the fundraiser for Save the Earth and we met these Arizona State guys and they're all swimmers and they talk about their bathing suits. Do you remember what they wear? Grape smugglers. (laughs) (laughs) Every time I see someone in Speedo on the beach or watching a, a competition for the Olympics, I just use the term grape smugglers ever since I've seen this movie. That's what they'll always be called grape smuggling uh bathing suits. Um I always
1: go with banana hammock. I
0: enjoy that. That's that's uh yeah. so that's from like my I obviously it's before that, but my talking point to that is Friends. Mike changes his name in Friends to Mike Banana Hammock when Phoebe tries to change her name to Pinterest Consuela. Um so they try to go to this party at the lake that they've uh, told them they're going to with the grape smugglers. They, they've been had. There's no party at the lake. It's just this dump, pretty much. So they've been drinking way too much uh, soda from these major. They're called uh, bladder busters. <laughs> so, you know, as that's a that's the thing of the time too. Big gulps, mega big gulps. You know, a time of the time. Uh, you know piece of history there where it's like the bigger the drink the cooler the drink right you know that big ups, huh yeah yep 84 um 84
1: ounce thirst dominator
0: <laughs> so they uh drops a cup on the ground it's like you can't leave that here it says free reef and so you're like oh maybe <laughs> they're actually taking care of the universe no no free it's free just refill, they man. want to pick up the free refill of proof of purchase seal yeah so,
1: don't
0: still, dro- still drops it. So, no, they still don't get it yet. They still want to. So, as they're driving home, they got to pee. Too much liquid, and then so they see biodome, and they're like, "Biodome, does it? Go- does that mean it goes both ways?" And <laughs> they go, "They both go." I don't know about that, but we do. So, is this oh, a pro gay movie? Is it? A, is it a pro gay movie? I don't know. Wow, I wouldn't have
1: expected anything like that in the nineties well that's a tip of the cap moment
0: yeah so uh they had a little a little um a little uh uh um i guess tolerance there right generally yeah. it's like generally that wasn't the thing um they also said the term which i have not used probably since the nineties drain my lizard <laughs> i'm gonna go to the mall to drain my lizard lizard that's when, I'm not sure something... when it became a lizard.
1: That's that's wrong. I don't never <laughs> Clearly, if my, anything, it's a yeah. snake,
0: right? Like it's yeah, mm, there's lizard. no legs on it. <laughs> yeah,
1: four little flopping around. Like what the fuck? Get the fuck out of here! You ever seen a lizard? You people know what a lizard looks like compared to a penis.
0: All right, so they get they get to the biodome. They think it's a mall because again they're stoner idiots. Uh, they try to walk in and there's security guards of like AKs standing in front of it. Like you can't get in this mall. <laughs> and like so. He tries to he tries a pee behind the wall can't do it getting stage fright so uh, Doyle or I mean Bud lights firecrackers and this is one of the funniest scenes like I couldn't I didn't remember because I didn't it, I wasn't big on picking up um, disembodied voices until like cinephobe interests me to this like let's listen for background noises and background voices so yeah. he throws the firecrackers they start exploding there's a woman off camera don't see her at all just yelling. It's the grass, you know. It's the grass, you know. Assassins, assassins. I'm like, what? is that a JFK joke? Right, just totally. Which JFK un-relevant. joke gets referenced twice in this movie? And I'll get right. to that in All a right. second. All right, well, that's a callback. Then I, t- I, I, I retract. So I, I had the question because the whole premise of this movie is they're going to live in a perfectly homeostasis. Uh, Biosphere for one year And maintain perfect homeostasis Living in a Sphere for one year sounds Like fucking torture Like I'd rather be in prison I feel feel like (laughs) Like, Uh, So When they set the firecracker off Guess what they get inside this mall The scientists Go inside biodome and the door sealed and the whole r- rub here is the doors cannot be opened for 365 days right, it is earth man. day to earth day uh oh bud and doy are stuck in the biodome what can we do fuck high jinx are soon to ensue friends um so they're asking who what two idiots would find you know think this is the mall and they pull up pro- police rap or police reports these people have access to police reports <laughs> inside this biodome. <laughs> well, I guess, <laughs> like,
1: yeah, why not?
0: <laughs> they're just scientists and police investigators. Like, I mean, they they got um got, got some resources here. Uh the main investor is getting pissed off and says he has a hundred million dollars invested. With inflation, dude, I checked it out. It's a little bit over two hundred million dollars these days. So, okay. pretty hefty investment investment to put into something. Uh, now. With our rich billionaires a day, that's kind of a drop in a bucket. Oh, that was Nothing, some man. dome fuck. Two hundred million dollars is is a is a day for some of these yeah. investors.
1: Spent that on that cow catapult. I, I made it was fuck two hundred million.
0: <laughs> so obviously they're invited to stay in the biodome because they have no choice, and they're they they ask a the question. What you're not one of these freaky cults where they take off all their clothes, and they're like. <laughs> No, we're not. And they're like, "Damn it, we're this close." <laughs> yeah, Clots are a big thing. Like, and like, especially during this time in the nineties. Yeah, this was a big era for the real sex thing going on HBO. Like, just like, let's all get in the circle and get naked, and like that was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and like, there's like, uh, like some funny stand comedians who made jokes about that. Like, what? Is, what do you do if like you were in those videos and? Your kid asks you, <laughs> did you do anything? And then they come across these videos on the internet. Yeah. Were you in a circle on top of a mountain one day? <laughs>
1: no, man, no.
0: Uh, so, obviously, this this whole habitat, it was made for five people. There's two more people. There's no rooms. There's no extra beds. There's no extra pillows. So, they can... A couple of the people, you know, salvage or give up one of their blankets, give one of their pillows... And this is something I always did after seeing this movie. Doing rock, paper, scissors. That's obvious. But the way Doyle or Bud will always do... If anyone doesn't know uh, Pauly Shore. Quite flamboyant and quite outgoing of his voices and kind of a unique style for him. Uh, A lot of people don't like it. That's why his movies are generally panned. Um, Speaking of panned... This movie is a winner of a Razzie for the worst actor, Stephen Baldwin. Oh, shit. Well done, Stephen. And two Stinker Awards, which. Oh. I have to nominate this as an episode. We go through and review Stinker Awards. I've never heard of that. Because I did not know Stinker Awards were a thing. Right. Never heard of that shit. So, but you got two Sinker Awards: worst hair, Stephen Baldwin, and most painfully unfunny comedy. Oh, that's <laughs> that's like a, that's brutal. <laughs> not just the worst comedy. Let's yeah. let's add two more painfully adjectives: painfully
1: unfunny, uh, not bad. Like no, nah, nah, just uh, so bad it hurts.
0: So you had a rape. Actually, you had a lot of rape talk in your uh, yeah. movie. I have a sexual assault happening in my movie. Oh <laughs> where again, they don't have yeah. any pillows, they don't have any blankets, they're sleeping on the floor. So they're like, Let's find ourselves some beds. And of course there happens to be two hot scientists on this or in this, yeah, yeah. you know, venture because in every movie, every hot person is a scientist, every scientist yeah. is a hot person. It's just Hollywood, baby. Right. So they climb into the beds of these two hot scientists and start groping them and feeling them up while they're laying in the bed. Again, wow. just wide open sexual assault. Good job.
1: Oh, the 90s.
0: <laughs> um. So as they can't sleep, they're also thinking about just think of the good times. And so, again, whenever anyone's dog would ever get a haircut. I always thought this joke too. shave poochie poochie. Shave poochie poochie when they're just covering the dog in shave gel and shaving, literally shaving it with razors. <laughs> um, <laughs> one of my fun, one of the best, best, greatest lines that i didn't think about when I was a kid either. Just never putting two and two together. Where Doyle comes out of nowhere and the girl's like, "Where'd you come from?" And he's like, "My mom." And the authorities are still trying to figure that out. <laughs> Dad abandonment jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> so again they're we talking about this whole movie being a safe the environment uh the girlfriend of bud I can't remember her name but she's in a lot of things um she comes in bitching there's beer cans in the trash in the kitchen there's beer cans in the trash in the bathroom there's beer cans in the trash in the basement what does that tell you and he goes "Red a beer great joke Great fucking joke. Again, she's trying to make the point, you're not recycling, he's like, I need my beer. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I wish I had the rim shot on the board still. I feel bad about that.
0: Uh, So, they're trying to think about ways to contribute to the biodome because obviously there's scientists, they got plant people, they got animal people, they got a rocket scientist. You know, Bud and Doyle will bring it on to the table. But, the thing of a presentation to do, they're going to introduce, you know, a way to create photosynthesis, as Doyle calls it. Well done. And they make a presentation for purple sticky punch, aka hemp, aka weed. <laughs> nice. <laughs> pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, um, uh, on point with you know, it's it's you know an earthy thing to do. So why not, right?
1: Yeah, and they were all dreadlocky, weren't they? So it was. Like yeah, right on uh, that's you know, he won. Shaka he won. Bro. He won
0: worse hair for a reason.
1: Oh, well that's that's so uh, my um my
0: my hair used to look like that. Actually, that's not a bad comparison. <laughs> like, yeah, Stephen Baldwin and your hair that's about, is that's spot on. Spot on.
1: Yeah. Fuck. Um. Well, now I have award-winning hair. So.
0: <laughs> so hijinks and Sue At this point, they they're bored, so they play golf with a shy uh, with. <laughs> They're in they're in the middle of rainforest playing golf and there's a goat as the caddy. Billy 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 Billy. How do you expect me to hit my double birdie with my bogey shower iron? Cuz he's got a shower iron as his golf club. <laughs> um So they are finally banned to the desert of the biodome because they have fucked up shit enough and they can't take it anymore. Yeah. So it was inevitable. For some reason, no one thought about this, there's a key just randomly in, you know, just perfectly placed in the desert, you know, biodome, to exit the biodome. So, Hmm. they get out, they call Bob, uh, yeah, they call Bob, which is, um, the girlfriend's uh, mother's, like, boyfriend, and he comes pick up, he comes to pick them, or give them pizza, and he's like, Bob, when'd you get a job? And he's like, fucking President Clinton? And he's like, you had sex with the president? (laughs)
1: <laughs> oh, you're almost making me regret not seeing
0: this uh so fast forward a little bit here they go to another save the earth rally Bud Doyle's girlfriend guess who's playing at this you know amazing boring ass save the earth rally none other than Kyle Gass and Jack back Black, ba- Shut Black. Up. Saving some frickin' trees, man. Oh, hell they weren't, yeah. They weren't officially Tenacious, Tenacious D, if I remember correctly. This is like when they first had their start. This is one of the first movies they were ever in together. Uh, so, But Kyle Gass and Jack Black wow. are like, We all want to save some trees. And then Jack Black's like, Save some frickin' trees! Just, it's just spot on uh, what they did. Oh. Um, while they're at this party, they realize Bud and Doyle are having a party at Biodome. Uh, Because they want to show the girls they care about the environment too by having a party to, you know, show they care about the environment. Instead, what do they do? They invite hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, to this uh, perfectly maintained facility and fucking trash it. And Hmm. the whole end of the movie is about them, you know, becoming the people that their girlfriends want to be. They're thinking globally and not locally it's a thing they say all the time okay. uh, uh and they swallow the key that was just happened to be there again so no one can exit the biodome and then for the next six weeks or six months or whatever it is they're gonna try to get biodome back to perfect homeostasis and oh. again prove to uh the girlfriends that they can to think about other people other than other themselves um and again, a news report they're watching right before the, or after the Biodome like collapsed and everything. Like, oh, they're staying and they're trying to get it. but So they go to the uh, news report. It's about a serial killer clown that gets taken out by a sniper and the news report of the sniper killing the clown and quoting JFK saying, back and to the left. Back and to the, the left. Fuck. Uh, while they're fixing uh, the Biodome, they're like we need a filter and doyle goes light bulb and collects all the cigarette butts on the ground <laughs> and starts singing a song making a filter uh okay i don't know if that was actually going to work but i guess it's a nice thing to do to collect all those cigarette butts but i don't know right. if i mean yes they are filtered cigarettes but i don't know if that's how it works but again stoner brain it might have <laughs> yeah. worked i don't know yeah.
1: yeah when you're a white guy with dreads in the 90s we just uh nod and move along
0: so, the main scientist, Faulkner, at the very end of the movie goes crazy because they ruined his plan, but now he, he's going to plot revenge. They're almost at perfect homeostasis. Something happens at the end of the movie. Does he succeed? Do they get perfect homeostasis? I don't know. Guess guys finish to watch it. <laughs> mm. But there is an end scene that has one of the worst green screens slash like, movie scene. You know, the scene where it's like just a, you can tell it's just a green in front of them and they're not actually driving, but it's just, yeah. yeah. And kind of lead you to believe that there could have been a sequel. They are like, someone has to, again, someone has to drain the lizard mm. and they go to this factory or they drive into this factory and it's like, we're Bud and Doyle. So you would think they're going to, you know, do Viva Las. Whatever, a nuclear power plant, whatever that we were driving into. But alas, no sequel, oh. at least not in the works yet. I don't know that I've seen, uh, which that was also kind of a trope back in the 90s, kind of airing everything up for to be a sequel. Yeah, uh,
1: I appreciate the hopefulness that they, the writers <laughs> of Biodome thought they were pulling a sequel out of that mess. That uh, was <laughs> just, I applaud that uh, positivity.
0: So I guess we'll, we'll get down to uh, the ratings. So, again, talk about it, it was a favorite of mine growing up, but it's still it's got it's got its high points, it's got its low points, but I'm gonna go with medium, some extra butter there.
1: A medium popcorn
0: Not bad, it's not it's not terrible, but it's right there if you want the good stoner comedy, you're in the right mood for it, it'll hit the spot, but it's it's not up there with your better sooner comedies of, like, Pineapple Express or, you know, stuff like that, or, you know, Half-Baked, but it's, it's got its points, and if it, again, it's a nostalgia thing for you, if you watched it growing up, it'll hit the spots, if you're freshly new in this, probably probably hit those spots for you, because it's outdated, and, again, you know, it's a sooner comedy, so if you don't like them, <laughs> you're not gonna like this. <laughs> Yeah, and that was kind of
1: at the—I uh, don't even want to say—tail end of the Paulie Shore era. That was well past, so he was kind of becoming a, a punchline at that point. But uh, I don't know. It sounds like they they paired those two together. How did they play off each other? Was that is that is it watchable? Am I gonna go back to this?
0: I mean, if you, if it's been a while since you've seen it, I'd definitely say revisit never it. It. Never oh, it. Never seen it. Oh, um, never seen it. Um, I feel like it's up your alley for comedy wise because uh, again there's there's definitely some great lines in that movie uh but again it's like again if you're not into genre comedy or not in that kind of mindset probably because I was really baked the first time and then even more baked <laughs> the second time I finished watching the movie so I don't have a clear answer for you cuz I wasn't clear headed <laughs> you know I think my- I think
1: I think I am going to look for this on Tubi this might be the first one you've done that uh I think he sold me. I'm I'm gonna go check this out. So.
0: Yeah, I mean, I win. feel like you're right about the end of Poly Shore here. Uh as I'm looking through his IMDB. Uh three episodes of Entourage. Paul I mean he had the I guess the the mockumentary too about him. Oh right. Uh Pauly Shore is dead. Which was kinda like the whole thing, like, oh, like his career is dead, where is Poly Shore? Right. Um I mean, he was in two Limp Biscuit videos in '99 and 2000. Okay. So,
1: all right, that's a few years later. So that's not too all right. <laughs> but that's yeah, it,
0: that seemed to be kind of like going to be
1: the end of his movie.
0: Yeah, because it was in the army now in '94. It was Jury Duty '95, and then in '96, and oh, like Son in Law '93, Son in Law '93, and Senior Man '92, Class yeah. Act in '92 as well, which he was pretty much playing Stony Brown from. Uh, and man, and to think of it, like that's like really his only like big run, yeah. So that's, pr- I mean, he did have his own show. Let's not get that. Let's get that in '97 with for seven episodes. Let's not discredit him fully here. But yeah, no. he was just a bit person in the episode here or uncredited role here. Like he was in the 2001 movie The Wash with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it was just like he kinda had that one note character, so then he kinda just became Oh uh, yeah, I think he I think he's I think he's kinda underrated. He's not, a big, in, not a big fan, but I don't think he's as bad as people try to make him out to be.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely a, a shtick. If you don't like shtick, you know, you're not gonna like it. Um he's in a few uh Olympisk videos. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> they, they had a thing with uh, Pauly Shore apparently the, he needed to be in their music videos and that's a weird <laughs> I like. <laughs> he that. was in it's Break Stuff in Together Now and uh, one a little bit later
1: that which... does seem like a Fred Durst thing like hey can we get Pauly Shore like, you think he'd come in and do this yeah I'll get him it just seems like a movie he'd do I like it
0: just heard from Yikes he didn't give me his movies he's been sick apparently Wow. So, we can add his movies in eventually. <laughs> well, it's
1: time to watch movies, right? Right. <coughs> Sick on the couch? You fire up a little Tubi. Go to that recommended. See what they recommend for you. Speaking of uh, what Tubi recommends for you, is it about time we to have off that the
0: wheel? wheel Unfortunate to you, that's right. Oh, uh, sure. well, well, we will put our movie suggestions in the top sixteen and the recommendations. <laughs> put them in a yes. wheel. And spin that wheel, and that is what we will watch next.
1: I'm gonna get what random now. What's going I'm on here? I'm gonna get random now. I don't even know what's on my wheel, so I'm very excited for this. This is, this is gonna be fun. All right. It's like when you get all fucked up and you order something online, the box shows up, and you're like, <laughs> what is this? What did I order? Oh, it's gonna be delightful. I don't even know. Oh, Drunk Ron's at it again. Love that guy.
0: And let's hit the spin b- button, baby. Give me that wheel. All right, there we
1: go. Come on, no whammies, no whammies, you son of a bitch. Okay, I am also not sure what that is, but uh, I will, I will definitely uh, punch into it. Uh, I'm assuming that's some version of sci-fi. If I had to guess, I'm gonna say '60s, but I don't know. I'm excited. I'm 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 not mad at this choice. Good job, uh... Wheel. Way to go, Wheel. Uh... Ron, you're watching porn. <laughs> what? All right. Well, you know, the wheel determines what it, uh, what, what, what I do. So, I mean, thank you, Tubi. Thank you, Wheel. <laughs> I will, uh, take this under advisement. Uh, definitely got to do what you got to do. I think it's my turn, but I'm I'm gonna watch Ronny instead. I, I don't think you're gonna top that. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Alright.
0: Alright, we will spin mine, but now now I'm gonna be just let down that I'm not getting porn. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know Tupi had porn. <laughs> ah,
1: we'll find out. Alright, there she goes.
0: I'm also oh. watching porn.
1: Wow wow what are the odds the wheel is all horned up after that uh horny space talk earlier oh horny
0: holy Jerry's. shit
1: the spirit of horny jerry has taken over the wheel i um uh...
0: man i didn't think this could possibly <clears throat> happen but we have encountered wow. <laughs> the wheel of unfortunate in a very mysterious way here that's going to do it for us at To Be Determined here. Uh, we have our very unique and very promiscuous new movies to watch. Thank you, Wall of Un- or Wheel of Unfortune. I'm all just going to populate it now. But uh, yeah, if you're not sure what you want to watch next, if you have no clue, follow us. Follow us here on the o- Outsider Shirts Club, Half-Ass Podcast Network, and let To Be Determined what you're watching. Just hopefully it's not as promiscuous as what we're watching.
1: Horny Wheel, you're listening to the Half-Ass Podcast Network. Did you know that?